The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all advancing, and this update is brought to you by Hartford Funds. Hartford Funds, their benchmark is the investor. Now, let's head right over to the first word breaking news desk for today's afternoon call, and here's Bill Maloney. Good afternoon, Charlie. Main U.S. averages have been strong after a quiet start, with the Dow currently higher by 123 points. Sesame's gained 13, and Nasdaq rises 44. The Dow traded back above the 100-day moving average. The small cap 600 is up a point, and the U.S. 10 yield at 1.56%. Eight out of 11 SP sectors are higher, led by gains in technology, consumer discretionary, and the financials, while utilities, energy, and real estate fell. Dow Transports rise 71, utilities fall 7, Nasdaq Biotech's jump 21, and the VIX is lower by 10%. Leaders to the upside in the Dow included Microsoft, Nike, and IBM. Only Disney fell. Nike reports after the bell. Estimates are for 56 cents on revenues of $8.87 billion. Live from the First Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Charlie. All righty. Thank you very much, Bill Maloney. We'll be all over Nike as we get those numbers. Again, the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all advancing. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk, S-Q-U-A-W-K on your terminal. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. The Clean Power Plan, it's facing its first legal test. This is President Obama's climate legacy. It's the cornerstone of the carbon-cutting promise the United States made to the world in Paris last December as part of a pact among more than 100 80 nations and meeting those targets without the initiative will be difficult, though impossible. Bringing in now Brandon Barnes, our senior litigation analyst for energy, Bloomberg Intelligence, based in Washington, D.C., to talk about the clean power plan arguments from both sides of this debate before the D.C. circuit. Brandon, welcome. Thanks, Kathleen. So what is... On the docket, what is being argued today? So today was unprecedented in terms of the scope of the argument. You had 218 minutes of scheduled argument, which is a far, far greater amount than normal for the D.C. Circuit. This was 16 different attorneys arguing in front of 10 judges, uh, and they broke the argument down into five different categories, uh, first being generally statutory issues, which is typically how you would approach a a challenge to an EPA rule, then a very specific statutory issue related to Clean Air Act Section 112, a constitutional issues um, segment, and then two other more procedural issues. Can you outline who is and what is going on? Because I thought that the CPP ended up placing the Environmental uh, Protection uh, Agency, the EPA, in one corner, and then there are what, like, you know, 
27 states plus industry groups, plus utilities, coal miners, labor unions, and they're all in another corner and the judges are somehow in the middle. Well, I think that's how – that's certainly how the judges probably felt today with that much argument and, and that many attorneys in the room. Um, so you've got EPA on one side, but they've got their own kind of cadre of support behind them. They've got 18 states supporting them, filing briefs. They've got counties, cities, mayors. Um, companies like Apple, for example, as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, companies. Tell us a little bit in detail, like who's on each side and what are they fighting over? Sure. So uh, I think if you look at it from a company perspective – on the side of the clean power plan and on the side of the EPA are going to be your wind and solar groups, the ones who would benefit most from this. Um, that's typically how these lawsuits work, right? And so on the other side, you've got uh, utilities, especially the ones who are coal-fired, um, because they're really going to be put out of, of existence, not only because of this, but, I mean, the market has driven them so far down. So between this and other regulations um, – Coal-fired power just isn't going to have the same kind of place in the U.S. power mix that it had before. So everyone who would support coal, the producers, those who work in the industry, including the unions, are definitely backing uh, – would be backing the opponents. It just – I just – this this is even – this is is this as intense or more intense than a Supreme Court kind of setting? When you talk about, what, how many lawyers and 10 – I just it's, – it's, it's a big, big undertaking. It's – it's unpre- as I said, unprecedented, and, and I'll tell you for a couple of reasons. But one really important one is Supreme Court has already sort of seen a little bit of this picture. They've they've decided something related to the Clean Power Plan already, and that was back when Justice Scalia was still alive. So the Clean Power Plan was stayed by the Supreme Court five to four. If we assume Scalia being that fi- that fifth deciding vote for the conservative side of the of the court. Then we're at 4-4, which means that if, if there's a split, the D.C. Circuit's opinion will stay as is and, and remain sort of the, the controlling opinion. So that puts a lot of emphasis on what happens in the D.C. Circuit. And for that reason, the D.C. Circuit said, well, look, we're not going to just decide this on our normal three-judge panel. We're going to take the entire panel of all the judges that are on the court, uh, less Merrick Garland, who recused himself, and, and they're going to hear the entire case. And they did it. On their own, which they've only done two other times. So you said 218 minutes today, right? Yes, sir. Uh, what, what happens next? Give us the timeline. What can we expect and how do we keep following this important case? So uh, hard to say exactly on the timeline because of how the, the D.C. Circuit's done this by skipping one of the segments that they normally do. But if we assume that this is a regular case, the D.C. Circuit typically does this in 13 months or so. This case was filed back in October of last year. So we could see some sort of opinion coming out from um, the court in mid-December. Go from there, there's the obvious appeal up to the Supreme Court. That's almost guaranteed at this point. Um, That would take you through that process into 2017, potentially early 2018, until we have a final decision. If you had to bet, how would you bet this comes out? Uh, well, I think right now, based on what we saw in the argument today and how the judges sort of split on ideological lines, the clean power plan is looking pretty good. So if we assume that that holds and then we go to a 4-4 split in the Supreme Court, it looks like the clean power plan could could stay relevant and stay in effect moving forward. 
want to thank you very much. Brandon Barnes, Senior Litigation Analyst for Energy for Bloomberg Intelligence, joining us from Washington, D.C., home to Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 HD2. You're listening to Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox, my co-host Kathleen Hayes. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by Bank of America Merrill Lynch's Global Cash Management Solutions, helping you manage, protect, and invest your global cash wherever the road to growth leads. That's the power of global connections. Bank of America, North America member FDIC. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.